The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, whether you're a long-time listener or first-timer to Purse Strings, welcome and Happy New Year. We're going to kick off today's show with a little bit of news from Stephen Riley over at Vibrant Nation. Stephen's a frequent guest here on Purse Strings, and he and his team always come out with really interesting insight as it um, really kicks in with boomer women especially. And they just updated an annual tech survey on boomer women. And what they're finding is that boomers are actually earlier tech adopters each and every year, and they're the ones out there buying all those iPads. You wonder who Apple's trying to woo. Well, it's not just the youth of America. Those boomers, and especially boomer women, um, are definitely consuming a lot of tablets. And, in fact, those who are on VibrantNation.com say, 40% of them say, that they own an iPad and Otherwise, they want it for the holiday. Don't know if they got it for the holiday. Stephen hasn't updated his survey. It will be interesting to find out if they did or not. We know boomers have more discretionary income to spend on non-essential consumer products than any other demographic out there. We know they've come a long way when it comes to technology, and a lot of marketers really don't notice boomers for this. They, um, you know, they end up spending toward the youth market, but boomers are out there. They're early adopters of technology that meet their needs, and tablets definitely meet their needs. They're reading a lot of e-books. Um, they're relying on tablets for email communications with their friends and family. Now, according to Vibrant Nation, boomers are adopting technology faster and faster year after year. In fact, 45% of Vibrant Nation community members have downloaded more than 10 apps in the past year. They read QR codes on their smartphones. They are downloading movies. This is more than a third of them, by the way. And uh, nearly half of them are downloading music from a site like iTunes. Now, if you're a marketer listening today and you're in the consumer electronics business and you're not marketing to boomers, you might want to check that and reconsider. Uh, Boomers, again, are attracted to technology that meets their needs, aren't we all, frankly? And tablets do. Uh, What they do want, however, are um, upgrades. They definitely want upgrades. They want a better, larger um, typeface. They want a larger, uh, better keyboard, and they want better cameras. And they want the ability to connect with people they care about. They're texting and they're Skyping their kids and their grandkids. And so anything that will help them do that, they're going to reward that company for it. So keep boomers in mind, folks, especially in the technology sector. 
Well, our first profile today is the Nicole Miller Networker. She's a woman in her late 40s and 50s, self-employed. She owns her own small to mid-sized business, working full-time, making more than 60000 a year, and has children, most of whom are in high school or college. There's nearly 1.5, a little bit over 1.5 million of these women out there. And um, they like to stand out in the crowd. They consider themselves to be ambitious and motivated. They, they call themselves workaholics. They want to get to the top of their career, and it's important to them that their family thinks that they're doing well. They like to juggle. They have to juggle, frankly. They own their own business, after all, and they juggle a lot of tasks. And they say, if you don't succeed, keep on trying. They want to live in the moment, take advantage of life. They value quality items, and they're open to trying new things. The brands at retail that they shop, they're at Williams-Sonoma, Ann Taylor, Bloomingdale's, um, Nordstrom's. They're driving Cadillacs, Toyotas, and Volvos. And uh, when it comes to designers, uh, these are Nicole uh, Miller networkers, after all. Nicole Miller is a big one, Ralph Lauren, uh, Liz Claiborne, Chanel, Calvin Klein. Where can you connect with these women? Well, they're reading a lot of magazines like Entrepreneur Money, Architectural Digest, um, Better Homes and Gardens, and Style. They're online um, looking at news sites, also um, on community sites like iVillage and trading sites like eBay, and they're booking their next trip on Travelocity. Well, my guest today knows a lot about women, specifically women in leadership. Joanna Barsh is director of McKinsey and Company's New York office, and she joined the firm back in 1980, and since then, my gosh, what hasn't she done? Just a little bit of everything, um, mainly in the consumer-facing field, everything from mergers and acquisitions to corporate growth strategies and performance and operations. And uh, she also spearheads the Centered Leadership Project. It's all about accelerating the development of the women leader, and she's co-authored the book, How Remarkable Women Lead. Um, it's going to be really interesting to talk to Joanna about how remarkable women lead and some of the issues facing women as they strive toward their leadership goals. So more from her when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. As you know, being an expert at f What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. 
Superior Affiliate Offers, Superior Affiliate Brands, Superior Affiliate Service, the Superior Affiliate Management. Superior Affiliate Management delivers direct exclusive offers with weekly payouts. Their mission is to ignite your e-commerce and ignite your commissions. Superior Affiliate Brands means our work with the Internet Retailer's Top 500, as well as new brands, thanks to their full-service agency and CPA network. Superior Affiliate Service means lifetime bonus referrals and personal VIP treatment. When you hear Superior Affiliate Offers, Superior Affiliate Brands, Superior Affiliate Service, that's SAMOPM.com. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to First Strings. Joining me today is Joanna Barr. She's the director of McKinsey & Company's New York office. She's been with the firm since 1980 and has done so much there. She created the McKinsey-Centered Leadership Project, an effort to accelerate the development of the women leader. She's also co-authored the book, How Remarkable Women Lead, and she does so many other things for women outside of McKinsey. For example, um, she has been a New York City Commissioner on Women's Issues since 2002, appointed by Mayor Michael Bloomberg. And, and many, many other things. I want to get right to the interview, though. So, Joanna, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Very thrilled to have you. Um, Mackenzie, of course, so many people uh, know about your firm and as director of the New York office. I can't even imagine the responsibility that you have helping your clients achieve their goals. But it's really your work around women and leadership that we're talking about today. Tell us a little bit about the Centered Leadership Project that you created. Sure. You know, it started as a personal journey. I guess I had been 50 for a few months and uh, I woke up one day back in 2004 and realized that I, I had everything I could hope for. I had a wonderful husband, two perfect daughters. I really loved my job. I liked my apartment. Everything seemed to be fine, and yet, and yet I felt empty. And uh, my husband, you can imagine, said to me, gee, Joanna, that's just menopause. Go out and buy yourself a pair of shoes or something. And um, I tried that. I bought some shoes, and it didn't work. So I went back to the drawing board, and I thought and thought and thought and came up with this notion of interviewing women around the world who were successful, who were leaders, because I had not, in my own estimation, become the leader that I had expected myself to be. Uh, And at the time, I interviewed about nine women. I put them on video. And uh, now we're up to 150 women and men. We have got about 20 men in the archive at this point. So it's a huge archive of women, some of whom you've heard about. Christine Lagarde is a good example, some of whom uh, no one knows uh, because they come from entrepreneurial positions in, uh, in Africa or Argentina or India or Vietnam, etc., and with this archive, I was able to uh, work with the McKinsey team, read all of the academic literature on leadership, on women, on our brains, on positive psychology, neuroscience, you name it. And we came together with a set of capabilities that we call centered leadership 
that really define a new kind of leader that women can become because it builds on women's strengths. That's remarkable. And, and I think we learn, as women, so much from each other, not only other women but other men too. And I know over the course of the, the development of your book, which um, you co-authored this book in 2009, and the full title is How Remarkable Women Lead the Breakthrough Model for Work and Life. And it's just out in paperback. Congratulations on that. That, that makes it even uh, more <laughs> available you. for people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really exciting. Well, I know you did so much research on this, as you said. What did you uncover as you conducted the research for this book that you found to be rather surprising? Yeah, well, I found out what I was missing, and I found out what these women had. It actually took me several years of thinking about it to come to a realization that you may say, gosh, that is so intuitive. I get it. It starts with optimism. The women leaders I met, not one of them was a pessimist. Not one. It also uh, starts with vision and meaning. It turns out the research shows you that women choose meaning more often than pay or status. Not that pay and status aren't important in life and at work, but that women treat life more holistically and therefore meaning, purpose, happiness, the elements of meaning are so much more important. And these women had it. They had vision and they had goals. They were part of their community. The community could be the community at work. It wasn't necessarily where they lived, but they felt very connected to everybody in their organizations and what that meant for them and for their lives. And they weren't fearless, but they definitely had enough hope and confidence to work through their fears in ways that allowed them to achieve heights and to try things that just make life more exhilarating. An example is I interviewed Dane Stella Remington, who was the first woman who became the director of MI5. And not only was she the first woman, but she was the first director who was uh, outed in the press so that everybody knew who she was at a time when life was pretty dangerous. Uh, and so she had to move in the middle of the night with her family to a safe place mm. and raise her children uh, as uh, as basically M from James Bond. She's that lady. And that was pretty exciting because this is not a woman who's afraid of much. So when you look at all those pieces together, it was no surprise that these women had tremendous amount of energy. But what I realized that I was missing that they had was an ability to accept who they were, their strengths and their flaws, and to not only accept themselves, to accept other people as imperfect human beings. And that's what made them great. Wow. That's, that's pretty inspiring. And I think that, that fearlessness, and you didn't say they were fearless, but that sense that everything was going to work out really can't, comes from that sense of optimism. And as you said, not a single one of them was a pessimist. And I think... So much research has been done on the power of positive thinking, right, and being and being an optimist. It's it's probably not startling that these remarkable women are optimists. Uh, but there are five that you've talked so much about what creates these leaders, but you've actually found five dimensions. That's right. The centered leadership. We don't call it a model because many businesses have their own leadership model. This is actually a set of five capabilities that can fit within any company's model. 
it starts with meaning. Meaning is probably the anchor and the most important of the five elements. And what that starts with is taking into account personal happiness as well as everyone's strengths. And I don't mean skills. There's a real difference between, for example, being a great analyst or being a person who truly cares about people. The first is the skill, and the second is the strength. And if you build on your strengths and have a purpose in what you do, that is the route to meaning. That's the first element. The second element is more than optimism, framing. Framing is about learning to make conscious what lens you are using to view the other person or the world or your situation and actively shifting what's really driving you, the unconscious mindsets that you have, whether it's fear or a need to be perfect or a wish to be recognized, what is it that's really driving you, and shift that so that you can get more choice and, frankly, get more out of whatever it is you're doing, Uh, be in control of your life. The third piece, connecting, is about building relationships strategically. There's been a lot of work done on networks And it does turn out on average that women have uh, smaller networks than men, but women are better at building relationships. But we don't always build them strategically, and we certainly don't always get sponsors. Those are the people who are very senior and very powerful, and they are the ones who open the door to opportunity. Women tend not to build those relationships, whereas men ask, and they build more of them than women do. So we've got to do that, too. And then the next, the fourth element is engaging. Engaging is when you step outside your comfort zone to grow. So it's a little bit scary. And in fact, it turns out that women uh, are less often likely to raise their hands than men for a brand new opportunity or to, or to speak up when they feel less ready. Gee, I'm not sure I'm ready for that new job yet. Maybe I should take more time. And then what we teach is, wait a minute. Are you holding back because you've got better things to do, which is just fine? Or are you holding back because of fear or lack of confidence? And how do you get beyond that? How do you, in fact, take back the power from your fear? And the final piece, energizing. Everybody knows that women uh, often carry two jobs, whether it's the family or a partner at home or elderly parents. Women often take that extra job. So women need more energy to start with. And women have struggled for decades around the issue of work-life balance. Well, what we learned is it doesn't exist. There is no such thing as work-life balance. Right. But what you can do is you can manage your energy level and, in fact, do more of what energizes you and less of what drains you. So energizing is a key component to the whole thing, to, to fuel, if you would, your journey towards, towards meaning. Yeah. And I think the more in tune, the more conscious you are about what drives you, the more energy you get from that, right? So they all kind of interwork, it seems, together. They, they, they do. And, in fact, when I looked at myself, because uh, I had to, you know, drink the, drink the potion to see if uh, it was going to work <laughs> for everybody. And what I learned about myself shocked me. I learned that I lived in fear, and that held me back for a lot of my career. I learned that I was a pessimist, but the good news is you can learn optimism and you can learn, to your point, you can learn to become conscious of what's driving you and actually reset your mindsets. I learned that I was trying to do it all by myself. And while I was a very caring uh, person, I wasn't actually letting other people help me. 
And so getting help was really, really good. And I learned that while I was vision-driven, I was not working off my strengths. I was doing what most women do, trying to get an A instead of building on what I was already really great at. And so I shifted from trying to be uh, uh, calm and confident and quiet, which I'm not, to being full of zest, full of humor, and, uh, in fact, accept that I'm an industrious person and I just really work hard because I like to. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's quite an awakening to have at 50. You know, and I think you look ahead for many of us and say, it's possible to do that. We're better late than never. Absolutely. Uh, uh, 50 is young today. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely it is. That's what I say, too. I'm in my mid-40s. I think 50 is definitely young. We could spend the whole time talking just about this book. And for those individuals who have not read it, you can pick it up in paperback now. I do encourage you to do te- so. Again, it's How Remarkable Women Lead, the Breakthrough Model for Work and Life. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to kind of shift gears a little bit, Joanna, and talk about a special report you recently co-authored for the Wall Street Journal. More from Joanna Barsh in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. On the interstate of internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, CPA Way is your route to low-risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at cpaway.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. WebmasterRadio.fm. Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. 
I'm having the pleasure today of speaking with Joanna Barge, Director of McKinsey & Company's New York office, and we've been talking a lot about McKinsey's Centered Leadership Project, which uh, Joanna created, and also um, her book that she co-authored back in 2009, which is back in paperback form just this past December, called How Remarkable Women Lead, the Breakthrough Model for Work and Life. But we're going to take a quick break from that conversation and talk a little bit about a special report that you co-authored for the Wall Street Journal, Executive Task Force for Women in the Economy, and it was called Unlocking the Full Potential of Women in the U.S. Economy. It sounds like a huge undertaking of a really complex topic. How did you approach it, Joanna? Well, first of all, I got a lot of help. <laughs> I, I don't think uh, any one woman uh, could take this on alone. Uh, so we had a we had a full team, and we used McKinsey's uh, MGI uh, Global Institute. It stands for a group of uh, economic uh, analysts. We ended up slicing and dicing U.S. government data to understand the impact that women have had on the U.S. economy. So if you take the, the year 1970 through to today and assume that women did not enter the workforce after 1970, you would see that the, our GDP, gross domestic product, had improved by 25% because of women. So it's a, a what-if analysis that's really shocked us to say, wow, women have played a really important part of economy uh, just in terms of wages. And then we also did a survey that we created for 2,500 women and men across the country who work in uh, small businesses, large businesses, etc., at every level, from uh, entry level through to the C-suite. And we, uh, on top of that survey, we interviewed about 30 diversity experts in companies across America, and we pulled those three sources of data together to truly understand the nature of the issue and what's holding women back. So what's holding women back? That's the $100 million (laughs) question. Yeah, so... uh, you know, the good news is, right, that uh, that uh, you point out that women are a pretty big part of school and uh, entering the workforce right now. So let's start with the good news. And then we look at what happens to women, particularly in large companies, once they get inside them. Yeah. And it's very sad. It's very scary. Women start to drop off as early as mid-level managers, drop off even further as they get to VP and above. Only 14% of the people at the executive team level in large companies are women. And as you know, only about 3% of the CEOs in the Fortune 500 are women. And so what's holding women back are both leaks and blockages in this pipeline. Leaks because these women leave, but they don't leave to go home. They leave to get a better job somewhere else. And often they leave to go in the same field thinking that they'll just find a a better environment somewhere else. They do get blocked. And there are four barriers that that hold women back. The first one, I'm sure everybody's thinking about it, a lot of women decide to have children. And once you have children, you're juggling an awful lot at work and at home. Well, that is true. And women lose their ambition as they have more children. We, we see that in the data. We don't know why. We assume it's because they settle into their jobs. So lifestyle is a big issue. 
and companies are working very hard on that issue. The most advanced companies have part-time, flex-time, work-from-home, you name it, they're trying it. The second barrier is structural, and this is tougher. Women just don't get into the networks. Women are not sponsored as much as men. There aren't role models at the top of many companies that show women that they can get it. And one of the startling facts we saw is that men are about twice as likely at any stage of the pipeline to make it versus women. So the odds for a woman making it all the way through the pipeline are pretty low. And rational, smart women say, why should I bother? So that's part of the barriers. The third barrier is even harder. And this one is what we call institutional mindsets. Everybody in the company, men and women, often believe certain things, like women are not good for this job. Or, you know, don't invest in a woman because she's just going to go off and have children, and then, then what will you be, high and dry? Or women are too emotional to do this kind of work. And it goes on and on. And it turns out that often men are promoted on their potential, whereas women are promoted on their record of performance, which means that it's an apples-to-oranges situation. And the fourth and final barrier, which comes right back to centered leadership, is individual mindsets. Often, women hold themselves back without even knowing it. And centered leadership is our approach to helping women basically say, even if I'm working on an, in an uneven playing field, I don't want to sit around and wait for things to get better. What can I do for myself to reach my full potential and have a great life regardless? And that's where centered leadership comes in. Well, in changing those mindsets, whether, and I'm talking about the mindsets of that institutional mindset that you talked about, which is stunning that men are promoted on potential and women are promoted on record of performance, um, and then our mindsets, our individual mindsets. How do you get all of those people to change those mindsets and therefore those actions, freeing up women to take those leadership roles that we all know we can do. We're up for the challenge. We know we can do it. Well, a lot of us know we can do it. How does that happen? It, uh, it certainly doesn't happen by pushing a button, that's for sure. And it starts with making an economic case. Because it's all well and good to say, you know what, I believe in equality for men and women and people of all kinds, and therefore I, I think we should do it. But when there's an economic situation like we all live in today, people say, you know what, I'll just wait. I'll wait until times are better. So you've got to make the economic case. And that case has to be compelling. You mentioned, uh, I think early on, women uh, account for 80% of the spend. So companies who serve women, uh, whose customers are women, can make that economic case pretty easily. Gosh, all the people in our company are women and all the people we sell to are women. We really ought to advance women to higher levels so that we can get their views and perspectives in our decision-making. That's one example of a business case. The leadership has to believe in it really believe in it and live it day to day and be willing to look at their own mindsets and behaviors. Third, all of the mechanisms that create a company, uh, be it planning or uh, talent management or budgeting, all of them have to adjust in order to make this happen. It's just like any other business initiative. If we really think it's important, what are we going to do to make it happen? And then finally, companies do need to embrace uh, skill building. It's, for example, 
it seems simple to be a sponsor. You know, you reach down and help somebody and create an opportunity and push them through to it and make sure they succeed and tell everybody about it. But actually, it's very difficult to be an effective sponsor. So often, men will shy away from sponsoring women. You're right. It's more than pushing a button. It's a lot of hard work, a very conscious focus to change, isn't it? And I think the business case is where it starts. It takes years and years. We, I wrote an article uh, with a partner, uh, Lorena Yee, and we found, uh, by interviewing uh, Jonna Torson, for example, at Pitney Bowes and uh, Peggy Montana at Shell, uh, we found that companies dedicated to it are willing to spend the years and years it takes to make a difference, and they really are making progress because they're committed to it. There's just fewer of them, right? And that's, we've got to grow <laughs> the fewer, numbers of companies of willing. And, and frankly, <laughs> none of us have cracked the code, you know, even at McKinsey. Uh, you, I, I humbly say we're, we're not better than the others, and we're still working on it uh, seven years later. Yeah, but you're committed to it, and congratulations on the work you're doing with Centered Leadership. And uh, I'm sure you've inspired more than one person listening today. And for those people who are interested in contacting you, Joanna, how is the best way to reach you? The best way to reach uh, me is Joanna underscore Barsh at McKinsey.com or come to our website at McKinsey.com and uh, search for Centered Leadership or Women Leadership, and you'll find lots of great articles to follow up on. That's fabulous. And, uh, again, I invite everyone, go on to Amazon, check out your local bookstore. Uh, Again, this book just came out in paperback, How Remarkable Women Lead, The Breakthrough Model for Work and Life. Joanna, thank you so much for being on the program today. My pleasure, and good luck out there to everyone. You're the professional marketers. Help us advance women everywhere. It's going to be a better world because of it. (laughs) Absolutely. Joanna, thank you. And thanks to everyone listening today. Thanks to my producer, George, for another great show. And please join me for another edition of Purse Strings right here next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Until then, make it a great one. 